Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Wongers! Welcome to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club for She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Episode 4, titled, Is This Not Real Magic? Directed by Kat Coiro. If you're joining us for the first time, well, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and the MCU in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so, and then come right back in a snap. Now, before we all swipe right on Matcher, let me introduce you to the other Hulksters joining me in the courtroom this evening. First up, he's Kevin with two N's and one Y, but it's not where you think. He's Kevin Hudson. Honestly, I want to party with Madison with two N's and a Y so bad. She's the best. She's the best. (laughs) Sitting on trial next to him, he's ready to dismiss the deliberation of the deposition given by the defendant of the defenders. He's Darcy, the dank devil Hudson. Yeah, I would definitely be down to party with her too. Plus, how did she survive so casually in this other realm? Very very tough lady. (laughs) We're going to get into that. I've got some thoughts and theories around that specifically. We'll we'll chat it up for sure. Uh, But guys, last week I asked you guys what you would use uh, your Hulk powers for. This week, I want to know, and Kevin, I I don't want to get you in trouble. I know you're a married man. uh, But I want to know, if you saw a Hulk on Matcher, would you swipe right? Oh, oh, oh man! Would you if swipe you, right? If you know anything about me, you know that my <laughs> phone would break. I'd be swiping that hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> whoa! Okay, amazing, amazing. Darcy, how about yourself? Uh, I mean, probably out of curiosity, just to get to know the person behind the Hulk. Uh, yeah, I don't know. A bit intimidating though for any relationship. I mean, who knows how in control of their strength they are? You know, intimate moments could become very life threatening. <laughs> You'd have to. <laughs> have to you'd have to test the 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 waters there i think i for me i'd absolutely swipe right i think i think as as intimidating as it can be hulks can be incredibly helpful as we've seen in this series already and uh i'd feel so safe with my hulk partner around me and i mean i would have to get to know them past their hulkness i think you know seeing them as a hulk is just you know uh green skin deep and so i'd want to i'd want to maybe learn a little bit more about them before kind of committing to anything um, but I don't know. I, I wouldn't let them be, you know, the fact that they're a Hulk, I'm not going to keep that or keep, I'm not going to have that keep me from finding true love. You know what I mean? Nice. Like, it's I just very, think it's very accepting of you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I just want a beautiful, Plus, you want a woman Hulk to, to just wrap you in a blanket and swaddle the <laughs> yeah. hell out of you. Yeah. I'm okay with being the little spoon sometimes. Let's go. Um, all right, folks, listen, grab a drink, maybe some vodka and yak's milk and put the phones down for now because... Court is now in session with the Honorable Judge Nate presiding. Uh, let's get into the story here. This week we jump into right into an unfortunate display of cheap human tricks as Donnie Blaze takes to the stage doing everything he can to wow an audience who, who looks like they're bored out of their skulls. That is until he calls upon the incredible and, and incredibly intoxicated Madison, who joins him on stage as he does the thing uh, and uses a sling ring to open a portal behind her. 
We then cut to Nepal hearing Woke Up This Morning by Alabama 3, the theme song to The Sopranos, as Wong jauntily dances over to the couch, ready to take in season five, episode 12 of the show, until he's interrupted by Madison, who's portaled in holding a heart in her hand. And after brief questioning and having her spoil The Sopranos for both Wong and myself, thanks a lot, Madison, uh, Wong (laughs) surmises that it must have been Donnie Blaze. Okay, guys, so... You know, only four minutes into this episode, and I can already tell you it's my favorite one so far. What did you think of Donnie Blaze and the introduction of Madison? I, I, I love the idea that, you know, in this world where we are so accustomed to magic, the people living in this, this world are as well real-life magic. And so I can't imagine yep. who would buy a ticket to what we know <laughs> is, you know, staged magic, especially right. of a, a lesser, you know, magician. Um, and so, I mean, these people got what they deserved for, for even being there. Um, but then it is fun that, you know, his reluctance, he, he wants to be known for his sleight of hand magic and not relying on, you know, actual mystical powers, especially because of his relationship with those mystical powers. And so I just think it's a really fun spin on uh, a magician in this world and how they would be viewed by, by people with, with everything that does go on with actual superheroes and, and magic wielders. Yeah. I also feel like it's kind of almost a tongue in cheek uh, naming too, with the name Donnie blaze at first. I'm like, do they say Johnny blaze the right. ghost rider? So like, just like Marvel to be laying these things that are like kind of nodding to things that we they know we want but aren't giving them to it. And again, the introduction of Madison with a Y is just incredible. And like I said, I, I want to get to know her more. She seems like a really fun person. Oh my gosh, dude! I I will say with uh, with Donnie Blaze, I thought yeah, he was great. Um, he's played by Reese Coiro, who's actually the husband of the director for these past four episodes, Cat Coiro, uh, which is really really funny. We actually uh, heard about that in. Uh, I think in Justin's interview, um, he is he's he's such a fantastic parody of Chris Angel, right? Like you remember Chris Angel, like doing the the floating and everything, and like he's got the black eyeliner and the the bee on his necklace, and also I noticed a dead bird skull that looked very conchu, uh, I will say. So I'm wondering if you know the Mystic Arts is not the only sort of magic that he's been he's been delving into, but he's one of those characters that's just so much fun to hate. Like, the fact that he refers to William Shakespeare as Billy Shakes is just awful. It's <laughs> just <laughs> terrible. Um, and, yeah, dude, Madison is the VIP of the episode for sure. We, You know, Patty Guggenheim did such an incredible job with this character. And I, I, I literally started looking back. I'm like, she's in a series called Florida Girls that I instantly want to start watching now <laughs> just to see if, if she's anything like Madison in that series as well. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just hoping that you know, if I ever decide to watch The Sopranos, that I'll forget about the spoilers that she drops this episode because <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, wait, I, I feel like that's a really big deal for folks who've watched The Sopranos uh, and especially for me who hasn't. Uh, absolutely. But, you know, I forgive her. I don't know where Miss Guggenheim came from, but she yeah. was just instantly a OK with me. Uh, it's funny. Madison reminds me of a character uh, from Parks and Recreation. Uh, the mm-hmm. character is played by June Diane Raphael, named Tinnifer. So that's with two N's and two Y's. <laughs> um, although Tinnifer is just the worst human being ever, whereas Madison is just just so lovely, so amazing. Yeah. Uh, so quite the opposite. And she's kind of that that Tinnifer attitude taken to a thousand. I just love her confidence and her just 
she's so cool. She 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 seems just so lovely. Yeah. Uh, I I just had a smile on my face every time she was on screen. I really hope we see more of her in the show going forward. Oh, I just want to see now her that more she's besties the... with Wong. I mean, I really yeah. Hope so. Get her in the MCU in general. Travel across the multiverse, the multiverse of Madison. Like, let's go, dude. And, I want and she can that handle series. it, man. She's just yeah. nails. Like, nothing yeah. seems to phase her. I love it. And I don't know if it's because she's, uh, uh, she was getting a little, uh, what did you say, browned out? I like that she, yeah, you know, she she's not quite she black out drunk. She browned out <laughs> no. for a bit, though. No, I'm, I'm going to steal that one, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. So, yeah, I mean, I'm questioning again how how she survived in this other realm because it's where did the heart come from? Why is she so cool with everything that's happening to her? Like, I just didn't she mention a sacrificial so many questions. goat and she's making deals like a, with yeah. demons. She's <laughs> dropping blood drips. She's dripping her blood yeah. out. Uh, we'll we'll get we're gonna get to that a little bit later in the episode. There's okay. I want to okay. kind of hone in on that a little more. But uh, let's let's get back with Jen here. Uh, Jen calls uh, calls out Wong being back in the show and I love that she calls it Twitter armor because um, it really is and it's just so fantastic that the show is able to recognize uh, even before it came out like how Twitter would react to the show that's what I was gonna say I mean it's it's almost sad that they knew that you know the deep eggs yeah. of the world were gonna come out strong at this show and then they also knew that those same people would probably be like well, at least Wong was in this episode, so yeah. that's fine for now. I mean, it's yeah. just it's it sucks that they had to make the joke, but that's what the show's doing so well. It's just it has that confidence to just be like up yours. You know, we know what we are, yeah. we know what we're doing, and if you don't like it, the show wasn't meant for you in the first place, or you're or it was, and you're you're just not getting the point. So I I love I love that little that little joke there. Yeah, and it was this episode more than the other three so far that I really. I can really see a future for characters like Deadpool where they are going to be very self-aware and acknowledging things that are happening as we are seeing them happen. So it, this, yeah, like Kevin was saying, it, they, they are so good at acknowledging what people like about Marvel and how to p- poke fun of that thing while still being very endearing. And I can't wait for more of that, that style of humor. Yeah, no, 100%. And I, I hope we get to see them uh, interact at some point. I would love, I would love if at the end of this series, Jen just, says something to the screen and then we just hear Wade Wilson talk back and that would just be phenomenal. Um, okay. Her dad stops by to beef up security as he says, and digs a bunch of holes in the, in the front lawn. <laughs> uh, she reminds him that, she, you know, she's a Hulk. She'll be fine. And I, I love that again. Cause we, we get this like dad character coming in being like, I'm, I'm going to be your dad. I'm going to protect you. And she's like, I'm a freaking Hulk. I'll be fine. Um, back at the office, we see Jen has a ton on her to-do list uh, with the only thing completed is that she finished her dating profile on Matcher. Uh, and by the way, there is a QR code leading to a free comic here yet again on the Matcher app. Um, we get uh, West Coast annual number four. West Coast Avengers Annual Number Four, where Jen and a bunch of other famous female hero- heroes are forced to marry Gaur the Deviant Priest. So, if you're ever interested in reading uh, a, a quick comic book, and she, you know, you see She-Hulk, and she's wearing like a white gown along with a bunch of other female superheroes. I think Storm is there as well, and um, yeah, definitely, definitely check out that free comic book that uh, Marvel has blessed us with. Uh, Wong interrupts her conversation with Nikki and requests her to help. Uh, with Donnie Blaze using his past knowledge of the mystic arts for his bitrate magic show. Sadly, nothing was signed that would legally allow them to take action. Uh, She asks for his info, and she says that she'll get back to him. Now, 
Back at the bar, Jen and Nikki wrap up Wong's cease and desist order, uh, and a, a gross married dad tries and fails to pick them up. Uh, and Nikki reminds her to swipe more on her matcher profile uh, and comments on how hetero life is grim. Then at Cornelius P. Willow's office, owner and curiosity curator of the Mystic Castle, we see Jen serving that cease and desist uh, order while preventing a magical pissing contest from happening between Donnie Blaze and Wong, during which Donnie Blaze performs more cheap human tricks and attempts to hit on Jen while, while Wong performs actual magic. Guys, let's stop here for a second. Clearly Wong is upset about Donnie Blaze using his knowledge of the mystic arts for his dumb shows and putting people's lives in danger. But I want to know, do you think Wong is actually worried about the multiverse and the untethering of the material and astral planes? Or is he just more upset that Johnny Blaze inadvertently ruined the Sopranos for him? I I think he it's a, probably a bit of both for sure. Yeah. But definitely what we'll, you see happening later on in the episode, he has no control of where he's opening these things. Anything can come through it. So I, I, there is definitely a, a cause for concern in that alone. But mm-hmm. I, I do think the the spoiling of Sopranos is is not the best, but I mean, he got a best friend out of it. So is he really going to complain that much? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess that's true. But I mean, at this point in the episode, he doesn't quite, th- I yeah, don't think he quite thinks of point. Madison as his, <laughs> his best friend just yet. Just yet. I don't know. He seems less like collected than we're used to seeing. Like, I do think, you know, the Sorcerer Supreme has a vendetta against this guy. And it's like, you're the Sorcerer Supreme. Like, if you really wanted to do something, you could. I feel like he's maybe trying to, like, hold himself back and go the right way with Jen's help about taking care of the situation rather than just sending him directly to the mirror dimension instantly. Because I feel like he totally could. Um, but I also like the idea that while Donnie Blaze was, you know, at the Camartage, that he just used the Mystic Arts to portal in some kegs and his buddy <laughs> named Kai Dog, which is just <laughs> phenomenal. It's so funny. I mean, just think about all the shit Wong has to deal with constantly. And, you know, and we're talking, you know, universe ending, you know, consequential. This guy's a peon. He's he's annoying. Wong just he's he wants to be able to relax on the weekends and binge some shows. And so Mm -hmm. I I think he, he obviously he could easily take care of this. But no, no, no. When he's when he's doesn't have to save the whole universe when it's this minor sort of thing you know he's he's not gonna put the effort in to 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 go to those lengths i think let him just binge his shows and and hang out okay all right okay hopefully uh hopefully wong will continue to get to binge his shows and nothing else will ever happen it's just him and madison watching the sopranos (laughs) forever and ever uh, then back at Finley's, Jen is on a date with some douchebag named Alan who calls himself a New Yorker after only living there for 14 months. Uh, he's also an entrepreneur. Uh, entrepreneur? I should probably know how to pronounce that. Um, but listen, he's an entrepreneur in the field of TBD, uh, and he doesn't even pay for the drinks. Uh, I love how epic the music is here. Like You'd expect like this cinematic high-tension sound to play during like an action scene or a heavy scene in court, but like... It's just them staring down each other for who's going to pay for the overpriced alcohol, which um, I want to pause here for a quick second. I want to know on your first dates, do you pay for the meal? Do you both pay for the meal uh, or does the other person pay? Kevin. Um, I mean, I haven't been on a first date in, in 12 <laughs> years, but uh, I, th- I mean, I would always try. 
Uh, but yeah. I think I think you know when I was when I was dating, it was starting to sort of become the norm to sort of to split uh, split the bill, and so you know you always try to be the the chivalrous type and 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 offer to pay, but mm-hmm. you know you, you're not going to fight uh, too hard on the idea of of splitting the bill. Um, I honestly think the best rule of thumb is whoever asks the other person out should be the one to pay. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, you know, that, I think that's fair. That that keeps it gender neutral and and just sort of alleviates any any stress there. That's a great call. Yeah, uh, I mean, I totally agree with Kev. Where usually I I go for offering first, and if they say that split it, I'm not going to be one to argue and fight that. But yeah, Kevin's whole rule of whoever asks out first should be the one to pay is totally solid in my books. But yeah, I'm not a I, I'll split no matter what. <laughs> yeah, I I think for me I. The only thing is, I'll be strategic. I'll be strategic. (laughs) I've had a bit too many yak milks and and vodka or whatever they're drinking over there. The Comertage. Uh, uh, I'll be a bit more strategic where I'll make sure that I'm going to pick a place that's nice, but not too nice that it's going to cost a crazy amount of money. And then if, you know, then I can can easily say, okay, well, I'll, I'll take care of it. So, um, but yeah, no, if, if the, if, if the other person is very insistent, on on splitting i'll split but i don't think i'll ever let them pay i think i don't, I don't know call me old-fashioned but i don't i don't like that idea um <laughs> now speaking of overpriced alcohol we then cut to the courtroom where judge hannah is not really buying jen and wong's case uh and they bring in their only witness that's right just before she does her high school dance routine uh wongers <laughs> portals in madison king to find uh to, to sorry to answer a few questions she describes her experience to the court explaining that she was pushed into a fireland uh, where she made a pact with a demon that she cannot discuss or he would reap her soul and all the souls of all she loves and she hates drama uh, the demon she thinks his name was jake opened up a portal at Wonger's house and they became besties. Of course, this doesn't work well for Jen and Wong, but Jen manages to at least stall the judge's decision for now. Okay, so let's talk about the courtroom. Let's talk about Madison's experience here because I don't, listen, I don't give a demon's ass what you say, Jake or otherwise. This, this has to be Mephisto. It has to be Mephisto (laughs) that she's describing. Why does Marvel keep doing this to us? Why does Marvel keep teasing us? Like, I just don't understand. It's a freaking goat having her sign a deal. It's Mephisto. I mean, Mephisto has never really appeared as a goat in the Marvel comics. To me, I've got the idea that she went to Limbo, which is connected with a Marvel character or X-Men character, Magic. So I feel like that seems more like the likely connection, especially with the Goblin references and the Land of Fire. seems a lot like what we have seen of Limbo in the comics, being this otherworldly uh, dimension where demons uh, live and that's where magic draws her power from. So Mm. that was my original interpretation. Either way, she definitely, what was that deal and how did it affect her? (laughs) Well, I'm almost wondering if like, here's my deal though. She called him a goat named Jake. She could have been a little bit, (laughs) a little close to browning out in that moment and just saw a man with hooves and thought that is a goat man, goat person named Jake. I don't know. So I, I just, I really want it to be Mephisto. I think it would be incredible if Madison became the ambassador of Mephisto and she like introduces him. She's like, and, and Mephisto with one M and one P, but it's not where you think. <laughs> just something like that. Like, give me Madison, you know, with the devil. I want to see it so bad. 
Uh, you're, you're, I, I just, I always respect your tenacity and your, your resolve in not giving up on this Mephisto dream. But Darcy's got Darcy had me sold in about four seconds. That it's more likely to be his suggestion than yours. Sorry, Nate. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. But I, I do love um, in this scene when, when she hands the guard the drink and she's like, you can finish it if you want. I'm not sick. It's just like <laughs> and her curtsy when she comes down from the stand, she does that curtsy. It's just honestly, it's so good. And the littlest jokes on this show are so great. And after uh, after Madison spells her name, you see Donnie Blaze's. Uh, magician lawyer scratch out what he what he wrote because he's like he's like oh I didn't write it the correct way because it's not where I thought it's so good yeah I'm I'm wondering how much of her performance was improv because yeah. if that was written kudos to whoever knew that and kudos to the casting agent to find someone to play that out either way she was incredible and, and like every scene she's in you grow to love her even more than you already <laughs> think you do so it's I love it it's great give me more Madison so good so good. All right, listen, back at Jen's place, uh, Nikki, and uh, as well as a no new matches notification, uh, convinces Jen that she needs to try dating as a She-Hulk. Which, again, why is there a notification for no new matches? It's yeah, that's so awful. mean. Nobody needs so that mean. notification. They're <laughs> no. aware. You're yeah. very aware if you've had no <laughs> matches. So good. Um, so she, you know, we, we actually get to see her swiping through a few people's names. One of them, by the way, uh, named Truck who's dressed as a boat captain holding a cat in a matching boat captain outfit, uh, is actually yet another partner uh, from somebody on this production team. Uh, Lead writer Jessica Gao, who we had the opportunity to interview, that is actually her husband, Truck Torrance, uh, and her cat, also named Admiral. So um, I thought that was just a really cute little like addition that they were able to put in there. And I really hope that if your name is Truck Torrance, that you actually dress like a boat captain. Uh, <laughs> now, after matching with a ton of guys who mostly all just want that Hulk body, yaddy, yaddy, ah, uh, Jen finds a guy who actually wants to get to know her. And he's a um, podiatric oncologist uh, who wants to hear more about her and even split some fries. And she's like, let's get those fries to go. And they go back to Jen's place. Now, before Jen uh, finds this hunky doctor, there is one of her dates that I did want to call out. He creepily refers to her as an incredible specimen, talks about like wood, wood vibranium, you know, pierce her skin. And she's like, do you want to try it? And he's like kind of into it. And like, so I, I'm just curious, like, Clearly, this is a red hulk. I mean, um, this is a red flag. Uh, do either of you have any theories on this guy, or is he just a creep, or is something going on here? Again, I I keep looking for mute references wherever I can, and mm -hmm. the way he called her a specimen just made me think of Mister Sinister, uh, a known genetic, uh, you know, scientist who has uh, experimented on countless mutants over the generations, Whoa. all in the search of immortal life, and. I mean, if you're looking for a moral life, an indestructible body is probably a pretty good place to start. So that's why I, that's that's the vibes I was getting off this creepy dude. A bit of Nathaniel Essex, Mr. Sinister stuff. Oh, intriguing. 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 I literally just looked up Mr. Sinister on Google, and there's a picture of John Hamm next to Mr. Sinister, and I'm like, holy crap, that actually really works. Wow. Uh, sorry, Kevin, you are going to say something. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I mean, that would be awesome casting. Absolutely. Uh I'm, I I just want to do a quick ding, 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 former wrestler alert. Uh, the mm. the first uh, guy she dates, Derek, who's interested in what she can uh, bench press. 
right. uh, is, is actually Mr. Jennifer Hudson, uh, David Otunga, who wrestled in the WWE for about uh, three years. Never oh, really wow. got very big, but uh, I, I always thought he had great chops on the mic, and, and he was really good here just uh, as that sort of uh, musclehead jerk. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, just another quick note: he's also a Harvard graduate in the field of law. So there's a little, oh, wow. uh, a little, just a little education I there. Like that. So yeah, anytime I see somebody who's done something for the WWE, I'll for, from now on ring the bell three times and call it a former wrestler <laughs> alert. I love it. I love it. I hope we get a ton of former wrestlers <laughs> in this series. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, this is this Titania, is our first in like four years of doing the podcast. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how many we how many more we get in these Marvel Watch Clubs. Um, I think you know what? Maybe this is the guy that hired the Wrecking Crew. Uh, we saw last week we we got the Wrecking Crew, and they were like, "The boss won't be happy," and you know they already tried to pierce her skin with a needle and so maybe he's really trying to figure out from her um i kind of like the idea that like you know maybe he's trying to um somebody pointed out i think it was new rockstars pointed out that he's got a ring on his finger that uh looks like drakov's ring in black widow so i think it would be actually really cool if maybe he's trying to combine the widow program and the super soldier program uh, and he thinks She-Hulk might be his opportunity to do this. I think it might be a really interesting idea of like, I, I know last week we we sort of speculated that it was uh, the leader, but I I don't know. Maybe this guy is uh, more than more than meets the eye. Maybe he comes back. I don't know. I have a theory about the Wrecking Crew myself, but we'll get mm. to that later on in the episode. Ah, so. Okay, okay, okay. You let me know when. Uh, back at Donnie Blaze's show, uh, he's got a slightly more interested audience this time around. That is until he pulls out literal demons from a portal that all start attacking the crowd. He portals uh, t- directly to Wong for help, which I think, you know, Darcy, you mentioned earlier that he he just portals randomly. I think if you're under duress, you can, you 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 know, maybe learn how to focus your portals a little bit more. So I think he was just <laughs> really stressed out, really freaked out in that moment and just like figured it out. Or maybe the only place he can consistently open to is Kamar Taj, because that's where he was learning to train. Oh, that was true. my instinct. Is that that's where he's most familiar with geographically or yeah. whatever, magically type thing. So that was why he could easily hop back over there. I like the idea that there's a little switch on the sling ring that just says like, you know, when you know when you have toys Return and there's like, well, no, like you know, when, <laughs> you know when there's like toys in the toy shop, toys in the toy shop. Again, I'm drinking the Yak's milk. Um, where where <laughs> it's like one of them is like store demo, and then. <laughs> One of them is like real life, right? I think he just flips it back to store demo and go right back to the commentage. Um <laughs> So he, he flips it to store demo and goes, finds Wong and, uh, you know, Wong is in the middle of watching This Is Us. Uh, and just as things are getting hot and heavy with Jen uh, and her hunky doctor, Wong portals in and, uh, and pulls Jen in to help out. She stops the demon goo out of them as they portal back to what looks like it looked like Wonder Gore Mountain, Darcy. Did you get Wonder Gore Mountain vibes at the at one point? I don't know, really. Again, yeah. it's hard to say if that was even in our dimension because yeah. they were coming from that one limbo. I don't think he'd be throwing them to somewhere else in the world to deal with at a later point. That's true. Seems kind of lazy. <laughs> get, yeah, get, <laughs> get them into a, a, a completely different dimension. Another Wong has to deal with it, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she threatens Donnie into accepting the cease and desist, uh, and she portals back in to bang it out with the hunky doc. Jen wakes up uh, to more bad news. She's keep, she keeps waking up to bad news uh, that Titania or Titania, 
I don't know how I'm going to say that going forward, has now been released with the hashtag free Titania. Um, the hunky doc comes in to discover Jen is not in Hulk form and he hastily leaves like a big jerk that he is. Uh, hot doctors are a cliche anyways. Uh, then the episode ends with Jen being served papers, letting her know that Titania is suing her over trademark infringement over the name She-Hulk. Kind of a bummer way to end the episode, uh, which is why we had an incredible tag of now my two favorite characters from this entire series, Madison and Wongers, hanging out, talking about all their favorite drinks while just munching on some popcorn in onesies. And I'm just, I just want them to be together forever and ever. And it's just so lovely. That is the end of the episode. Um, is there anything you guys want to add before we get into predictions? Or do you just want to jump into predictions? So, I mean, first thing I wanted to say is I'm wondering if Wong is, you know, like, puts up with her only because he's curious about this deal. That is the one thing that was going through my oh. mind is that he's putting up with her because okay. he's concerned for her. And maybe, and I'm hoping that means that we get more of her going forward. Yeah. Uh, my other part can wait for uh, predictions. Though, okay. So. Okay. Interesting. I like that. No, I think look at, look at Wong, you know, uh, strange always treats him like crap is always doing stuff to annoy him and put him through stuff. You know, uh, she's, she's genuinely sweet and loves her BFF. I mean, like, yeah. I think, as uh, he's reluctantly very much into their little friendship, I think. So, yeah, yeah I, he's there. You know, I'm shipping those two as, as besties all day long. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't need to get romantic or anything. Oh, just gosh, no, be, no, no. They're just hanging out with friends. They're going to yeah, be teachers. They're going to be friends. Binge Gavin, yeah. They're yeah. literally yeah. Netflix and chilly. Like, that's the, it. The yeah. Stress <laughs> on the Netflix, you know? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. A little less on the chilling. Um, well, maybe Disney Plus and chill. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> is Sopranos on Disney Plus? I I don't think it is. I doubt. No, it would be on uh, HBO Max. I HBO imagine. Max, right? Okay, okay. Um, all right. Well, let's jump into our prediction segment, which we call "My Closing Statement." Your Honor is. Uh, and guys, now that we have confirmation that Titania is going to play a role in this series, after four episodes, it took this long. First of all, I want to know: Is it too late? And do you think uh, that you know? Sorry. First, I want to know: Is it too late? And how do you think this is going to shake out for Jen? Kevin, start off with my closing statement, Your Honor, is. Uh, my, my closing statement, Your Honor, is I I give up on predictions. I've never been good at them. <laughs> and the only prediction I did for the show is that we weren't going to see Titania anymore. And now it's clear she's going to have a significant role in the show. So I'm, I'm clearly not uh, not the one to do this. I'm, I'm not a reliable witness. Uh, you know, uh, I, 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 I have too many brownout moments. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I do think it's going to be a pain in the ass for, for uh, Jen. And uh, I think... The only thing this show needs is to kind of have a central obstacle for her to start dealing with. I think we've sort of mulled around on the, you know, episode to episode basis. I think we need something that's going to run through the rest of the show. And so hopefully this is the start of that. Yeah, totally. Darcy, how about yourself? Uh, my closing statement, Your Honor, is uh, I believe that that Wrecking Crew may have been hired by Titania because in my oh. head, I was just wondering, why is she filing for She-Hulk? And the legal system, as we know, is can be kind of a slow, grueling pace sometimes. So I can only imagine that she had trademarked the name and then was like, I'm going to go get those powers so I can be the She-Hulk. But then her 
getting the powers plan failed maybe mm. i mean i'm just coming from this because in the comics uh her and her husband boyfriend uh crusher creel the absorbing man are known to have close ties with the wrecking crew at points so that's just where i'm wondering if we're maybe going to see that lead into again i don't know i'm a big comic fan and i'm looking for any of those reasons to see crusher creel on the screen as tony soprano would say forget about it darcy you nailed it that's it <laughs> got that's it, it. You, you, you got, got it, it. <laughs> well i mean i will say yes and and also Maybe not, because, I mean, this show has done away with a lot of the comic book aspects of this character already and and changed up her origin story to kind of make things and move things along. Uh, my closing statement, Your Honor, is I think she's definitely going to be a big part of the show going forward with all the marketing they've done with Jamila Jamil and this character being such a horrible person. However, they really are emphasizing how terrible a person she is I'm wondering if this is a a bait and switch, if this is a fake out. Uh, And she starts off being a terrible person, but just like how Jen has to come to terms with living as a Hulk, she also finds ways to come to terms with her differences with Titania. And I'm wondering... Because I know last again last week we predicted that the leader might might be the big bad, or you know we might get um, uh, Wilson Fisk uh, showing up as maybe a, a, a more menacing part of this series, or, or you know especially with Daredevil coming in. Um, I'm just for me, I'm just like I don't think they can stuff this too much with with big bad guys. Like we know that. In previous series, that really hasn't worked. And, you know, look at Miss Marvel, right? Where we're just like, I wish they had, you know, either, you know, the the DODC or the 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 Jin or whatever those people were called. Were called. The clandestines. Thank you. Sorry. You can clearly tell how memorable they were for me. Um, I, I just, I, I really don't want that to be the case for this show. I think the show is works so much better when it is a little bit more on the on the lighter side. Uh, so if they want to start getting a little heavier with it, focus on one bad character um, and maybe bring maybe bring in uh, Jamila Jamil because she's so she's so lovely in real life. So I can't I can't see myself hating her for too long. Well, again, in the more recent comics, uh, both Crusher Creel and Titania have become more of the antihero good guys, but yep. have bad past type things. So I would totally be by that as a character arc for Titania. I just again, I want any reason to see, to see Crusher Creel because he's one of my favorite bad guys. The ability to touch uh, to become anything he touches, so many cool potentials there. That's crazy. Wow. I didn't even Oh, I haven't I've never heard of that guy. So that sounds fantastic. Uh, all right. Well, listen, let's get to our overall thoughts and final score, which are, we're going to give our final score on a rating of one to five drops of Madison's blood. Kevin, I'll get you to start us off. This was definitely my favorite episode of the series so far. Uh, like I me- like I just mentioned, I do think that we need to start figuring out what the, the, the major issue is going to be. We need to start uh, not that we haven't sort of been building. Uh, in terms of character de- development from episode to episode, but I do think we need to start getting some sort of overarching story uh, that that will carry us through to the end. But that said, I think the writing here was just terrific. It was it was the funniest episode by far. Uh, the introdu- the introduction of Madison um, just had me swooning for for her, and just I I loved every second she was on my screen. Uh, and so yeah, I'm gonna give this the the highest score that I've given it so far. Uh, honestly, I, I, I'm just so tired of the negativity coming towards the show. Yeah. There's clearly an agenda coming f- from it. 
uh, because people were saying stuff about the show before they even saw an episode. Yeah. Uh, the only negative criticism that I've seen about the show that I would have to agree on is some of the CGI work is a little shoddy. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why whenever she's in a suit as She-Hulk, it looks like a video game cutscene. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, at least when she's in, say, a tank top and it's her, it's, I don't understand why they can use the body double there, but not when she's wearing a suit. They almost go full CGI with her there. And, you know, if you don't have the budget to pull something like that off, I, I think it is a bit of a hindrance. It dis- it's a, a little bit distracting at times. But again, that's just a small little nitpick. Uh, I'm enjoying the, the show way too much to, to have that bug me. And I love how, uh, you know, we, once again in this episode, they just very subtly, knowingly flip the bird to to those who might have silly yep. contrived issues with the show. Like, just keep it up. Uh, you guys know what you're doing. You know who you are, and it's awesome. Uh, so I'm going to give this a solid, uh, and if this is my highest score I, I, I'll be of the whole season, I'm fine just because of how much I really did enjoy it. Uh, if they can top this, all right. Uh, I'm going to go with a 4.6 out of 5 drops of Madison blood. Okay, all righty. Darcy, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was uh, like a much needed uh, advancement of character, humor, everything. It, I already liked the series going uh, up until this point, but this one, this episode, knocked it out of the park for me with the theories that I was able to come up with from all those random little nods to the introduction of Madison and her be- relationship with Wong. I found every aspect of that in this episode to be uh, brilliant. So it's, I think this is also my highest score uh, uh, of the series. Uh, and I'll be giving it a 4.8 out of 5 drops of Madison's blood. Uh, and I'm only going, I, I would I would go all the way to that 5, but I think to do that for this series, I need to have some payoff from one of these theories I'm, I'm coming from, or even something out of left field, because I'm all for being surprised. Totally. Totally, yeah. I, I kind of am right there with both of you on the aspect of, like, I do want to see where where this is all going, and we need a little bit more of that, and I really think with Titania coming back that that is going to be the the kickoff and we're kind of we're almost with that episode uh with the next episode we'll kind of be at the halfway point uh of this series of of nine episodes so it makes a lot of sense that that's going to be really where we put things into uh into overdrive now this has been absolutely my favorite episode of the series so far it is the funniest episode that i think we've seen um i love how it plays with the more serious subject matter of the multiverse in such a a fun and like compelling way donnie blaze and his hype man cornelius are honestly a perfect follow-up to last week's uh light elf problem that we had and i I, I think that it, they they were a bit better than that that joke as well. I think that gag maybe was a little stretched thin, even though it was such a short runtime last week. This one fits just perfectly, um, and I also just like how you know that one didn't feel like it really had any dire consequences, um, whereas this one actually does, and it brings in a, a great little action moment at the end of the episode. So we still got to see some some Hulk stomping and Hulk punching and stuff like that um it it's got more wong which as jen points out who doesn't love wong he really is twitter armor uh jen going on dates as she hulk was such a great gag as well and of course the mvp of the episode of the series for me madison was just incredibly well done i'm here for the the uh, the true cinematic universe i'm calling it the madisonematic universe uh i'm giving this episode four and a half drops of Madison's blood out of five. Mephisto can't have all five drops just yet, 
Okay, I'm not signing that full contract just yet. We'll have to wait and see how this series uh, kind of completes itself. All right, well, that is it for this week's episode of Watch Club for Marvel's She-Hulk Attorney at Law. We hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or predictions on the shows we cover in Watch Club, well, I'm going to Hulk uh, swipe, like swipe on the app, over to Kevin to let you know how you can reach us. Ah, well, you can always reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. But if that's a little bit like drinking some leftover yak milk, why don't you hit us up on Twitter at GeekCentricYT or on Instagram at WeAreGeekCentric. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I love the yak's milk, dude. Where Can we get more of that? I want to get more of that. Uh, keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest shows and movies out now, as well as we have a lot of interviews uh, up on the channel recently with... You know, we interviewed Mater himself, Daniel Whitney, a.k.a. Larry the freaking Cable Guy. Kevin, did you see I talked to Larry the Cable Guy? You got her done, bud. You got her done. I got her done, <laughs> dude. I got her done. Uh, we also interviewed Pinocchio's composer, Alan Silvestri, uh, and songwriter, Glenn Ballard. Justin had a chance to sit down with them. Uh, and I also interviewed uh, Barbarian director, Zach so go check out all those interviews here on the podcast feeds as well as on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. Uh, we also have our spoiler-free reviews for Disney's Pinocchio uh, as well as Disney's uh, and Pixar's Cars on the Road. Cars on the Road, uh, which, you know, <laughs> definitely check out Cars on the Road. It's so lovely. Um, also, if that's not enough for you, we got back from Fan Expo uh, from our first time as press, uh, and we dropped a lot of content from the, you know, on our YouTube channel from that expo where we actually talked to six different Canadian artists and brands who are making some really awesome geeky stuff that we probably bought most of it at the convention. Um, so definitely go check out our conversations with them. Plus, we have our weekly This Week in Geek episodes where we break down the latest uh, news and trailers, uh, usually every Wednesday. However, our schedule and timing for the, the, you know, these next couple, or I guess we'll call them special edition uh, This Week in Geek episodes are going to be a little bit different. Uh, just with D23 Expo happening right now, uh, there is so many amazing things happening. So we're kind of recording uh, in sort of segments day to day, and uh, we'll be popping out all of our thoughts on, you know, everything from... You know the Marvel Games panel, the 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 disen, uh, the Disenchanted trailer, the Little Mermaid trailer. There is so much going on, and you have to check out our socials to kind of keep track of it all. Definitely like and subscribe. Click on all the things. Please check out all that wonderful content and leave a five star review if you don't mind. Darcy, Kevin, I'm I'm just about done my vodka tonic or whatever. <laughs> Whatever I'm drinking right now. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me for this Watch Club. And as we say, Wonders! Wonders! <laughs>